Hi everyone and welcome to the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host Allie Feller and today you're listening to episode 23. On this episode I'm talking to my very good friend Lauren Conkey. If you've been around the running blogger world at all, you might remember Lauren as the blogger from Health on the Run. We talk in this episode about how she came up with that very catchy title for her blog and we talk about all things running, how she got started. She has some funny stories about how she started out as a runner and it involves her dad forcing her to run laps around a track so she could stay up until midnight on New Year's Eve. We talk about running through her first pregnancy, running through her second pregnancy, and what her plans are for future marathons. She has some lofty but achievable ones. So sit back, relax, and by that I mean get running and enjoy my conversation with Lauren Conkey. All right, Lauren Conkey, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. Hi, Allie. It's good to be here. Okay, so... Let's get right into this. We start every episode of the Alley on the Run show, like any good run, with a warm-up. So warm us up. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. All right. So my name is Lauren. I live in Providence, Rhode Island with my husband, Evan, and my two little girls, Amelia and Mabel, um, and also a dog and two cats. And I work in the physical activity and nutrition program at the Rhode Island Department of Health. So tell me about, I have known you for a long time. I do not Mm -hmm. understand what you do for a living. What? (laughs) Like, I know that you say, you're like, I work in public health. And I'm like, "Mm, cool. I have no idea what that means or what that entails. So can you give me just like the little rundown of what it means to work in public health? Sure, yeah. And I'm pretty sure my parents feel the same way, despite me telling them over and over. Um, So my particular area is around healthy food. And basically making sure that everybody, no matter what your income is or where you live or work, um, how old you are, education level, um, has access to healthy food that's affordable. So how do you actually do that? That's a lovely way of describing it. But like what in practice, what does that mean? Like having farmers markets in like underdeveloped places part of it exactly yeah so it's a lot of yeah (laughs) a lot of um there's some environmental stuff we have different initiatives throughout the state like farmers markets and mobile produce markets um that bring fruits and veggies to people where they are um and then some of it's policy related so um passing state legislation whether it's well, so we can't actually pass the legislation. I should just say that. So you're a lawyer. Listening. Like I'm totally not allowed to lobby or <laughs> do any of that stuff with federal funding, so I don't do that. Um, but we can inform the public and inform the legislature about the impacts of certain things, like say a tax on soda or um, bills that increase healthy food in schools. And then one of the fun things that I'm doing actually is working with some of our local stadiums and uh, getting some healthy food there. I know people don't go to a game for a salad, but we want it to be available in case they want a healthy treat while they are there. That's really cool. I went to a soccer game last weekend, the New York Red Bulls, who actually play in New Jersey. It's like, can we start giving these teams New Jersey names? Can we get some love for Jersey? Don't you live in West New York? West New York is in New Jersey. It's confusing. I understand that, but it's also New York. (laughs) Yes, I'm still a New Yorker. But so I went to a New York Red Bulls game. That's a soccer team, apparently. I had no idea. Uh, But it was pretty close to us, which was cool. And the food, 
I shouldn't tell you this. I'm like, the food was amazing. I had two hot dogs and I had all these cupcakes. <laughs> You're like, that's literally what I'm trying to prevent. So it's all about balance, right? All about okay. balance. <laughs> so the way I understand it, you are an environmental lawyer who mm-hmm. wants to put salads at baseball games. Nailed it. And Nailed it. so, but it's not a, is your job a government job? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it is. Got yep. it. Okay. See, I'm learning. A plus for Allie. There you go. Cool. And did you always know that's what you wanted to do? Like when Work you were for the little... government? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leslie Nope. <laughs> you are Leslie Nope. Are you, are you like her at the office? Are you like... I wish I aspire to be like her, but I'm not quite as cool. <laughs> but when you were growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were younger? Do you remember? Yeah. I originally thought maybe I wanted to be a doctor or do something in neuropsychology, neuroscience. Yeah. Kind of a nerd. But I just really loved the brain and I thought it was fascinating. But then I, I shadowed a doctor and I, I mean, I have ultimate respect for people who are physicians, but it was just, I didn't really love the focus on only treating the symptoms. And I just found that personally, I was more interested in looking at the bigger picture. So my first job out of college, I still had no idea what public health was, but I was trying to get more research experience to figure out next steps. And basically everyone there had their master's in public health. And so I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Let me let me start researching that. And then I realized there were graduate programs all over the country uh, studying exactly what I was interested in. And so I applied and um, got into a program. Uh, they're only two years, so it's relatively quick. And then here I am working with food. <laughs> That's cool. But the reason that I know you is through running and the internet. So mm-hmm. Lauren is the the brains and the beauty behind the <laughs> renowned blog, Health on the Run, which... Yes, it's such a catchy name. Let's talk about that. So, I mean, mine's Allie on the Run. But you stuck... That was a, that's a good choice. It's your name, on the run, what you do. Yeah, but I mean, yours is Health on the Run. It's what you're passionate about. Tell me about creating your blog. Why did you start blogging? So, I had just graduated from grad school, I think, and was working in a research job. Uh, which is what I thought I wanted to do, uh, and was really bored and needed some sort of creative outlet. So I think I had read a couple of blogs or I had a family friend that blogged, and I was kind of like, oh, I could do this, and maybe I could do it better. Oh, I know, real competitive. So I started writing, and but at the time, I didn't really know that there was this whole world of running blogs. I thought it was more health-related blogs, hence the health on the run um, I also was a nerd and thought I'd be blogging about public health stuff, um, which I sort of did at the beginning, and it was really lame and horrible, um, and no one read it, surprisingly. So then I kind of just shifted to running and found all these other running blogs. Tell me about the name Health on the Run. I mean, you talked about why that was your name. Was there a brainstorming process, or did that name just come to you immediately? I wish I could say I just slapped it up there, but there was a very long, drawn-out brainstorming process. It involved list making, my family looking at it, everyone voting, and somehow, despite all that, I still went with Health on the Run. Do you remember <laughs> what any of the other top contenders were? There was something, I had a lot of health things. Health Crumbs was one of them, and then Evan, my husband now, uh, has suggested LBs, LBs. And still reminds me of that. Because your initials, your initials were LB. And LB. And apparently he thought I should be talking about my pounds, how much I weighed. Was it a weight loss blog? <laughs> no, it's not a weight loss blog, but 
that was his winning suggestion. Otherwise, that would have been a great title. Well, I I still have my list of names that I brainstormed for my blog name. And they included things such as glowing and running. Oh, I love it. I have no, I think it's because I read that blog, Oh, She Glows, which is a great vegan blog. That's a really good blog. And I think I was like, ooh, I like the word glow. Let me. And you really glow all the time. I mean, no, that's perspiration on my upper lip. That's like a mustache. (laughs) And the top contender other than Allie on the Run was Allie in Runderland. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's still time. Yeah, I'll just give that a second to marinate, let you really think about how catchy that is. Absolutely. I mean, missed opportunity. But anyway. When you publish a book, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter one, Allie in (laughs) Wonderland. So we found each other thanks to the internet. We read each other's blogs. And then years later, I was like, Lauren, I live on the New York City Marathon course. You should come to New York City and watch the marathon and stay with me in my apartment. I'm not a murderer. Don't worry. <laughs> and you were like, okay. Sure. And I'm pretty sure you took a bus down that also got in like late at night. I met oh, yeah. you like on the street corner. Imagine- and this is how I knew you were New York people too because I got to your apartment. It's like nine o'clock and you were like, oh, Brian just went to the grocery store for dinner. And inside I was thinking, are you kidding me? It's normal people are going to bed around now. And if you got that, we ate dinner at like midnight. Oh, I'm sorry, Lauren. <laughs> anyway, that's how we met. Hit it off immediately. And one thing that I've always loved about you is that I, A, I've always really admired your running. I feel like you take a really normal approach to running. Oh, in that like you. you're level-headed about it you're practical but you don't ignore the fact that it can be emotional sometimes and you always wrote about it and expressed yourself really well so I would love to talk about when you found running because you started running early in life I did I, I mean I kind of grew up running I guess you can say I mean not necessarily competitively but um, I come from a really active family although I was not a naturally active child. I had pretty bad asthma and allergies and just a severe lack of self-confidence, which was really the biggest problem. So while my sisters were gravitating towards other sports, I was that awkward kid in the middle of the field just praying the ball didn't come near me uh, and then ducking every time it did or you know, running in the opposite direction and hoping my coach didn't notice, which he did, spoiler. Um, <laughs> So, but my parents were really active and then they found running in the 90s at some point. Um, They both entered a couple of local road races and realized they were sort of competitive in the local scene uh, and got immediately hooked. Uh, So I have lots of memories, even as a kid, of me biking along with my dad while he was running and then him pushing me up the hills on my bike because I couldn't hang with him. Uh, Super helpful. And then as I got older and, you know, a little bit stronger, I would run alongside with my mom and dad as they were training for marathons during their long run. So, and I know it probably sounds silly, but it's one of like my fondest memories from growing up because I'm one of four kids. So one-on-one time with my mom or my dad was sort of limited. Um, but when we were out for a 20 mile run, that's a couple hours, right? Where I just had them to talk to and I'd have the water and the goo on the bike and I try to keep them motivated and keep them company. So it was something that I was exposed to, you know, from an early age. Um, and then, so meanwhile, during all that time, they're still trying to encourage us to run. Uh, and well, maybe bribe would be 
the better word. Um, so we were in elementary school, and I can't even remember how old I was, but I must have been 10 or under. And we had this one-mile walking route that we used to do. Uh, and one summer, my parents gave us this challenge that if we ran the walking route um, three times during a week, then we'd get this special prize. And I don't even remember what the special prize was at the time. Maybe it was like pizza and a movie night, whatever it was. It was enough to get us out there. We walked most of the way, made up excuses like having to tie our shoes a hundred times. And by the way, just as like, I can't even imagine my children doing this because we were three girls, 10 and under, just out and about in the neighborhood running. Like, what parent lets their kid do that oh, now, right? They weren't with you? No, they weren't. They were like, get out of the house. Get out of our hair. You know? Oh, I feel like they wanted alone time. Yeah, I think they wanted us out of the house. Good, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't care whether we were running or not. You know, they just wanted us gone. Um, but yeah, so we did that. And then I think it was probably that same year my dad dragged all of us to the track on New Year's Eve and was like, we're starting this new family tradition. So excited. And we're going to start off the year right. If everyone can run a mile under 12 minutes, you can stay up till midnight, which is super exciting, right? Every kid's <laughs> dream. Um, but for as uh, untalented as I was at sports, I was super competitive, especially running against my sisters because I was the oldest. So, of course, I had to run fast and beat them. And I think I ran just under 11 minutes. And I remember being like so, so proud of myself for doing that. And did um, your sisters do it too? Did they all run? They did. You know, at the time, so Sarah was a baby. I think that probably one of them who was four years younger than me may not have gone exactly under 12 minutes, but she kind of got a pass. Okay. So, uh, so we all stayed up. Oh, <laughs> see, now I'm like, okay, if I run a mile, I get to go to bed at 9 p.m. If, <laughs> if I run two miles, 8 p.m. It's like the bedtimes get earlier. And, I know. Uh, that's the reward. Pause real quick. Can you hear Coley like licking himself? And no. <laughs> okay. Good. He's just okay. no. He's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that in there too. <laughs> Coley is Lauren's dog, not her husband. <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> okay. So you ran your lap of the track. You stayed up till midnight. Yay! Congratulations. Then you eventually started running cross country. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, even though I was doing all that stuff, I still saw running as something that my kind of crazy parents were making us do and not necessarily something I loved. Um, so again, this is still pretty early, but it took until like seventh grade where I, it's, the tables started turning a little bit. Um, I went to middle school in Ohio, and when I was there, middle schoolers had their own cross-country team. And so sixth and seventh graders could run with the team, but we couldn't technically compete until the last meet of the year. And so seventh grade, I finally worked up the courage to go out for the team because I was really nervous to do it. And then that last race of the year, I got to run with all the older kids. And I just remember having such a good time. Like it was the first time running was so fun to me because we were running through the woods. You have to avoid sticks and stones and, and um, tree roots and find the trail. And I, I don't know, it was kind of like a big game, right? And then I ended up doing a lot better than I thought I was going to do. But I, ended up, I don't really even remember how long the race was or what my time was or anything. But I know that I did relatively well on the team. And so that was when I kind of started thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I could become a runner. Maybe that's something that I should do. And did any of your sisters follow suit? Were any of them like, oh, I kind of want to run too? Or were they all like, no, never again going <laughs> back to the track? 
<laughs> yeah, so they all kind of had their own little tenure with running. Two of them were really into other sports, mostly soccer. And then the youngest, when she was in high school, did get into running and was actually faster than me on the track, which was hard for me to swallow. But, you know, <laughs> I, I forgave her. She's eight years younger, so there's a lot of distance between us. Um, and I think I can beat her today, so... That's all that matters. I thought you were going to like end that with something really sweet. Like, you know, and ultimately I'm happy for her because blah, blah, blah. But you said, you're like, no, I could totally kick her ass today. I totally could. But I was really proud of her at the time. That's good. good. That's good. So you ran cross country through high school and then were you, was it something you wanted to pursue in college or was it just kind of like a high school sport thing? Yeah, I, I went to a D3 school, so it was something that was easier to pursue I think if I had gone to a bigger college, I wouldn't have. But at that point, running was kind of just part of my identity already. So I thought, well, why not run? So I did cross country uh, because that was my true love. And then I ran track um, only basically to stay in shape for cross country. But the other really cool thing about running both in high school and college is that it's a really social sport. I mean, even how it is now, right? We love meeting other runners. I love going to races. Everyone's just really happy. Runners are just generally good people. Um, And so that was one reason why I really loved it when I was in high school and college. And the other reason is that it's really the only sport where the boys and girls teams are practicing together and going to meets together, especially in high school. So that might have been just a little incentive. <laughs> so did <laughs> you stick with it? Did you date boys on the track team or the cross country team? I did. Team? I did. I was yeah. I did. Did oh. running play a part in how you met your husband Evan? Kind of. We were my friend from school was dating his roommate and he wanted they wanted to set us up which was totally a fail because neither of us wanted to be set up with anybody. And I'm really quiet and he's really quiet. So we were like, this is, we're just not a good match. But when I met him, he told me he was training for a marathon and was going to run one that November. Well, he was sort of training, but he had never actually signed up for the race, minor detail. And then he ended up getting injured. So I think the longest he ran was about 14 miles, which still, you know, that's, that's significant, but yeah, no marathon for him. I mean, solid pickup line. Hey, I'm training <laughs> for a marathon. Can I buy you a drink? That's, yeah, I mean, exactly. It's how it got me. Yeah, it worked. So you found marathoning yourself eventually. How'd that happen? I did. So after graduating college, I, I was a little bit burned out. And also, it was the first time that I, in my life, really, that I didn't have a coach telling me what to do, right? So I didn't really know what was next. And I thought I would just kind of run every once in a while. But then I was living in Boston. um, And my two roommates at the time were training for San Diego. Uh, And it was one of those things where neither of them were really runners, but they were doing this great cool thing. And I kind of had this aha moment like, oh, well, they can do it. I could do it too. Now, I don't know why I didn't pick San Diego and go to California with them. Instead, I ran Cleveland. (laughs) <laughs> which is equally glamorous. glamorous. Yeah, exactly. So tropical. <laughs> um, but I wanted my first marathon to be a, at a place where my parents and my whole family really could be there because really my parents were the ones who got me into running. Um, so uh, the race was only about three hours away from where they were living at the time. So we all could meet out there. Oh, yeah. And how did it go? Your first marathon? It was a disaster. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, so it's one of those really wonderful things. And looking back, it just felt like such a special moment because um, my mom and dad both signed up for the half. And my dad at that time was sort of having some trouble running. He um, had had some longstanding issues with his knees and had a really terrible idiotic surgeon that botched a surgery in one of his knees and took out all of his cartilage. And so the bones were fusing together. It was really awful. Um, and he was in pain every time he ran. So he really should have stopped. Um, but, you know, it's hard to give up something that is part of your identity. We all know. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Had to give, say goodbye to running forever. It's just, it's really hard to let go. So he was still going, um, but not as much as he used to. Uh, so anyway, he said, okay, well, I signed up for this half. I don't really think I'm going to do well. I'm going to run it with you because the course follows the same route. I'm sorry. So- <laughs> I love that he was like, well, it's not going to be good for me. So I'll just run with you, exactly. sweetie. I know. <laughs> Oh, bless your hot dad. <laughs> oh, wow. He was really fast. Uh, you know, he ran Boston a few times and was really, he didn't run really many halves. Um, but anyway, so I went out with him and it was kind of awesome for the first half. He was getting my water for me at every stop, you know, clearing the way so I could go through because I like I was some professional runner, right? <laughs> but I went out way too fast. So when he left me, you know, right about mile 13, I just kind of hit a wall and I remember sitting on a curb at mile 20 crying and saying, I'm never, ever doing this again. Marathoning is crazy. I don't know why I even signed up for this. And famous last words, I did like six more. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you remember what was your time though? So what was your time for your first marathon? Yeah. So just remember, I've been running for a really long time. <laughs> so yes, it was 345. And that included uh, sitting on a corner yeah, and crying. Yeah. I went out really fast, though, at the time, considering my overall pace. My, like, dream marathon goal time is 3.45. No, so, no, so I, as I'm saying it, I feel like an idiot. No, you're, no, but, but. Still not a very well-executed race, we'll just say. And speed is all relative, and, you know, so you eventually, obviously, ran more marathons. You yes. got the bug. And you, tell me about kind of your, your marathoning journey. Is marathon, is that, is that your favorite distance to race? Um, I guess it's the one I've raced the most. Uh, I would say every time I race a half, it's usually in training for a marathon. And I think, why don't I race these more often? It's really fun. And the training is not as intense. I mean, uh, I am like championing the 5k slash half marathon. Obviously, those are very different. But I am all <laughs> about half marathon. I'm training for a half right now. And yeah? along the way, I'm racing 5ks when I can find them. And I've never been happier about running. I'm telling and you. look how fast you're getting. So well, there you go. There's something to it. Sure. <laughs> so what uh, made you, you hated that marathon, but you obviously went on to do more. Why? Well, at the time, um, the qualifying for Boston was, for the youngest age group was 340.59. Um, and so since I was so close, I thought after, you know, the pain wore off and I sort of forgot a little bit, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could qualify if I run one more. So I did. Uh, actually train for one and get injured in the meantime. But then I finally ran another marathon, not finally, but I ran my next marathon in fall of 2008. So about a year and a half later. And I ended up taking almost 20 minutes off my time and qualifying. And how did you do that? Was that just through more disciplined training or how do you cut 20 minutes off your marathon time? 
Yeah, I think part of it was, well, a lot of it was more disciplined training. I knew more of what I was doing. And then I think there's something to be said about having run the marathon distance once and your body knows what's, what it's getting into. And then um, pacing myself a little bit better than I had the first time. And that was really my biggest jump because after that, my fastest time was a 318. I ended up actually running that time twice or three times, sorry. Three times. Um, yeah. And then I was like, that's it. No more marathons for me. But again, <laughs> there is, there's something to be said for the consistency. I get that you want to shave time. I get it. I get that you want to PR, but running three exact times in a row, that's, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, so I guess I am definitely a 318 marathoner. <laughs> and I was there for one of them. We ran the Manchester City Marathon. Well, not together, but we went to the race together. We arrived at the start line um, at the same time. And then I saw you four hours later. But so no marathon since then. No marathon since then. But you've embarked on a different kind of marathon. <laughs> motherhood. Because, exactly. of course... All this running we've been talking about was the pre-baby running. So I want to talk about that because as someone who has no children, has never been pregnant, and so is obviously a, an expert and an authority on the topic. That's me. Of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I know all about being a mother runner. Expert at that. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, yeah. But I want to hear you talk about it. And I want your take. First, this I get is it's like a personal question. But you and Evan had been married was there a day that you were like, let's have kids today? Yes and no. I mean, I, we were kind of like, let's have kids as soon as we get married because I thought I wanted a million of them. Now I have two and that seems like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we always knew that we wanted children and wasn't maybe the best time because we were in Vermont and had no money and I was having trouble finding a job. So I kind of was like, well, if I'm not working, I might as well have a baby which is what everyone says, obviously. And so we just figured we'd try it. I was also training for a marathon at the time, so I was only partially committed, I guess, because if I had been able to run the marathon, I would have been happy too. But then I found out I was pregnant with Amelia that spring and obviously did not run the marathon. I remember you telling me, you wrote me a letter to tell me that you were pregnant. Do you remember? I sent you a card, yeah. Yep, I was so sick. That was when my Crohn's flare was so bad, and I was just like in such a dark place, and you got the brunt of it. I think that that time that I was sick, you were the person that I was like G-chatting the most to like every day be like, I want to die. I want to die, mm -hmm. and you were such a good friend, and I like, I'm sorry. I should have sought professional help, and instead I just unloaded <laughs> everything on you, but you wrote me a card that was like, you need to get better because there's someone who wants to meet you. I still have it somewhere, and you Aww. told me you were pregnant, and I cried, and and I stayed depressed for a while, but eventually I got to meet her. I mean, I commiserate with you being sick, though not for the same reason, obviously. So how were your, how was your first pregnancy, and did you have because I think that all of us who are runners and who are very attached to our identity as runners, and maybe mm -hmm. I'm just speaking as someone who's never done it, but I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm a realist, but I hope that someday when I'm pregnant, I'll be able to run through my pregnancy. I totally understand the reality that that's not necessarily going to be the case. That's fine. But what were your expectations or your thoughts about running and pregnancy? Yeah, I, I felt pretty similarly, not only because I had always run, and that was kind of who I was or am, 
um, but also because you see so many other people doing it. Especially in this age of social media, it's easy to look at other women and see them running blissfully through their pregnancy, keeping up a million miles a week and going really fast. And so you feel like, well, why shouldn't I be able to do that too? And in reality, it's very different for everyone. Uh, I was able to run, but it was really hard for me at the beginning because I was so sick and tired and just could not get myself out the door. And then by the end, I think I, I, well, I know, I definitely pushed myself too far in my pregnancy with Amelia. I just felt like I should be running longer. Again, I saw other people doing it. They were running double-digit miles when they were pregnant. I'm a great runner. Why, why can't I do this too? But it took a toll on my body. I ended up having a lot of sciatic pain and pelvic pain um, and was just, I remember one time I came home from a run and was sort of immobile. And I knew, so I'll just say that I knew I was not pushing too hard in terms of speed and I was very in tune with my body or tried to be anyway so that I was making sure she was safe. But I wasn't actually thinking about myself because I just kept assuming, well, I'm not pushing too hard. The baby's okay. I should be fine. And in reality, I was sort of running my body into the ground. Um, and, but I came home from a run limping and, and Evan was basically like, what are you doing to yourself? Why are you doing this? You're not training for anything. There's no point. You're not going to have a better birth, you know, because you're doing this. But in my head, I think I somehow felt like I would, right? Like if I did everything perfectly when I was running, I'd have the perfect birth, whatever that means. And I'd have the perfect, most healthy baby. And it's just, it's sort of ridiculous. I mean, no one can tell you that. You have to figure it out for yourself. Um... But I'll say that once I learned that um, that I needed to accept my limits and that I couldn't push my body in the same way and accepted the fact that I was pregnant um, <laughs> mentally, uh, it was a much better experience. Um, I just I learned to relax a little bit and I learned to enjoy the bonding of running with her, which sounds really cheesy, but there is something about it that's really nice when it's just you and your little running buddy out alone on the roads and you know that they can feel you bouncing and they're there with you and so some of it's kind of magical um but yeah it just took a little while to get my head in the right place when I was pregnant the first time and what about after you had Amelia after you gave birth what about coming back to running what was that like that was hard that first run back is sort of joyful but also your body has shifted all around um and feels completely unfamiliar not only that, you also are, you know, a, a lot heavier than you than you used to be, and not solid anymore. So there's a lot more jiggling going on. Uh, so I remember just feeling so awkward that first time I ran, but also just really excited to finally be out there and to have my body back again. Um, and then it was a really slow process. I mean, I, when I had Amelia, I was working and also commuting really far, and it's hard to juggle all of that especially when you have such limited time with your baby as it is and then are not sleeping um, and are just exhausted for other reasons. Uh, so coming to terms with my new uh, ability um, and my new normal, which was maybe running three, four times a week at most, whereas before, you know, when you're marathon training, I was running six days a week, running relatively high mileage, and, and so I had to, again, accept that part too. And then... Baby number two. Yes. Well, I was just going to say, we're, we're fast forwarding a little, but um, when you 
So after you had Amelia and started running it, and you had a C-section with her. Yes. It was, uh, yeah, a little bit scary. So did that, I mean, obviously the recovery of a C-section is very different. Yes. I'm not even going to like keep using words because I don't know what I'm talking about here and I'll sound (laughs) stupid as I often do on this show. But um, how did, did that play into coming back running at all? Like, I don't know. Does that make things different? Because it's surgery. You had surgery. so Yes, major surgery. And um, so I think I was very nervous coming back. Um, I know women feel differently about this regardless of how they give birth. Um, but I was pretty committed to taking the full six weeks off after birth. Um, not only because I felt like I needed the rest, but, you know, I had major surgery. I needed to make sure I recovered. And I, I did not want to do anything to get it infected or to prolong my recovery, you know, as much as I could control that. Um, and then when you start running again after a C-section, it's pretty uncomfortable. Um, that's my that's my only experience. So obviously I don't know. I'm sure it's uncomfortable the other way around too. <laughs> um, but your uh, sutures start pulling. And so even though you know that it's healed, there's scar tissue in okay. there. Yeah, Everything's got it. Tight. Yeah. Understood. Yeah, Great. Just Great. Awful, but everything's fine. <laughs> okay, great. So then, um, did you run with her, with Amelia in the stroller at all? Are you a stroller runner? I am a stroller runner. That's so we, I ran with her in the stroller, and we actually have a double running stroller now. Wow, that that's... I love. I actually probably walk with it more than I run with it, but it's nice to have. That's why moms get so fast. People talk about how they get really fast after they have kids. And I think mm-hmm. it's because you're pushing the stroller, so you're pushing an extra, what is that, like 450 pounds probably? Probably about that, yeah. You know, each kid's 100. <laughs> yeah, and then, you, and then you line up at the start of your 5K, and you're like, oh, I'm 450 pounds lighter. Let me just and go. And you fly. Yeah, so, all right. So then baby number two. And again, yeah. were you and Evan, like, it, was there a life plan? Were you like, I want my kids to be this many years apart or – yeah, so I, you know, I mentioned I um, grew up with siblings, so I always wanted Amelia to have a sibling as well. <clears throat> and I wasn't ready for a baby right away because I was kind of obsessed with her as a baby or all into her. Um, but then something switched when she was around 18 months old um, because she was becoming not a baby anymore. And I thought, oh, I really want to have another baby, you know, not only for myself, but for her to have a sibling. Um, so we started trying that summer, uh, she was 18 months. Um, and I actually, uh, I haven't really talked about this, but, um, in between time I, I had a miscarriage. Um, I was only just under seven weeks pregnant, but at the time it felt pretty devastating. I mean, it is pretty devastating. Um, only because, uh, I had such a hard, hard experience with Amelia's birth um, I had an emergency C-section and so I felt like my body failed me in that way. And then again, trying to get pregnant and not being able to felt like another failure. And I just started not really being able to trust my body anymore. Um, and then add to that, uh, right before, uh, well, I, we found out we were pregnant and then we were also moving from Vermont around the same time. So it was just like a crazy time. But we thought, well, you know, this is great. It'll, it'll happen. Everything will work out the way that, that it's supposed to. Well, the week that I lost the baby, we I had just quit my job. Um, I had pulled Amelia out of the school that she loved, and I felt like I was ruining her life, which, by the way, she wasn't even two yet. So, like, 
<laughs> Obviously, she's got more life to live. But at the time, that's what I felt like. And then I was moving into my in-law's basement, um, which every 30-something-year-old dreams about. <laughs> so I, it was kind of a rough time, I guess, to say the least. To say the least. Yeah, just it, I had lost so much of what like made me me. I, you know, I couldn't really run because, again, when you're having a miscarriage, it's, it's not a very comfortable experience, and um, I didn't really feel like running anyway. Uh, I'd actually gone for a run the day before I knew that I had lost the baby, and it was like this awesome run. I remember being this perfect fall day, and I was so happy to be running, and I guess maybe at the time I should have known uh, because I wasn't supposed to be feeling awesome at that point in pregnancy when I was running, but I didn't. You know, It was like such a beautiful moment. Uh, and then that next morning, everything just uh, came crashing down. So I stopped really wanting to run as well. And I feel like I need to pause and say that I don't believe that running causes miscarriages. I'm really supportive of people being active during their pregnancy. Um, and I didn't believe it at the time that that had anything to do with it. But the timing and all the hormones and, again, where I was in life just made me just need a break, I think, from running. So when we finally did get pregnant with Mabel, um, not that far after, I didn't run for the first part of pregnancy uh, because I just was a lot more nervous in general. I'd say probably for the first half of our pregnancy, I was pretty nervous. Again, just I, that's just, I'm sort of an anxious person <laughs> with this stuff anyway. So by the time I did start running again, I, I guess the upside is that I had a lot uh, more of a relaxed relationship with it. And I think it was much more balanced. I didn't feel a need to push myself. I ran when I wanted to. I didn't really, I didn't run any races because I didn't feel like it. Um, I didn't go all that far. My mileage overall was lower, but I think I was probably more consistent in my second pregnancy and I had a lot less pain, um, like joint pain and stuff. And I ran a little bit longer in a pregnancy because I think I was a little, I was easier on my body. So how do you get to that point then, like when you were pregnant with Mabel, at what point were you like, I'm ready to go for a run? Or do you remember the first run you went for? Uh, well, I started feeling better after, a little bit better after eight weeks with Mabel when I had my first ultrasound and I saw her in there healthy. I thought, okay, you could do this. Um, but still kept my running really, really easy and didn't do very much. And then I would say probably around 15 weeks. That's sort of you get to the sweet spot in pregnancy anyway. You're through the first trimester sickness. Your your belly is still pretty small, um, and it's kind of fun to be pregnant at that stage if there is a fun pregnancy stage. Um, and so I started just feeling better in general, and I, I think that's when I started running more consistently. Well, you make cute kids. Oh, you got two you. really good ones, and I have no doubt that they're. Well, I think they'll either be cute little runners, or they're just you know they're just going to be like no way you're gonna you're totally going to take them to the track to stay up till oh, midnight, totally. aren't you? You know, you know, I laugh about my dad doing it to me, but I'm totally doing the same thing. Yeah, I and, you can know, see it's that. really cute now. Amelia just she's such a slow runner. I you know I can say that because she's so tiny. She's she has three. Tiny <laughs> leg. You know, she but she thinks she's so fast, and I love it. We we run together. Aww. She takes her little um. She has a baby stroller, and she puts her little dolls in it, and she's I'm going for a run, mommy. Okay, have a great run. And she runs all around the house and comes back. I just ran five miles. Stop. Oh, good job. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's so cute. If you don't follow Lauren, where can people find you on Instagram? 
Um, it's LC, my initials, on the run. All right, make sure you follow her because she posts lots of cute videos of the kids and Amelia's voice will just make you melt. Every time I think like, <laughs> no, I'm not ready for kids. I watch one of her videos and I'm like, I want a million, but I mostly just want her because she's so yeah. cute and sweet. So I'm going to be so sad when her voice changes. I know she has that cute, cute little kid voice. So what about after you had Mabel? What was it like coming back to running? It has been tough, I'll say. I did not think that she's so she's almost eight months old, and I honestly thought I would be doing better, I guess, in terms of my running or back to where I used to be by then, even though I'm older and wiser and I've been through this before and I know it's tough. Uh, but we also we've been through a lot of change. We moved again. I took a new job. Uh, Mabel doesn't sleep very well. Uh, she just really wants to be with us in the middle of the night. Um, so I'm and having two kids is a lot. So I'm just really tired all of the time, and my priorities are a lot different. Um, I think in some ways, in a lot of ways, really, motherhood has probably made me more balanced. Um, I'm not, I don't get stressed about missing a run or adhering strictly to a training plan because my priorities have shifted a lot. I know that they are only little for such a short period of time. Um, this first year with Mabel has gone by lightning fast. Um, so I am trying to accept where I am right now and just embrace it and not get discouraged. That being said, I finally feel like I'm at a point now where things are starting to get more consistent. She's sleeping a little bit better in that I know I can sneak out like at 5 or 5.30 and know she'll hopefully still be sleeping um, until I get back. And it's later in the morning, so I feel better about running around here uh, first thing in the morning. Um, and we are actually training for a half marathon in June, Evan and I. So I kind of have that fire under my butt <laughs> to get going anyway. Um, and dare I ask, will you run it together or will it be one of those things <laughs> where you say you're going to run it together and then the start you know gun goes off? Well. <laughs> Evan and I have this little competition where we run races together in the past and then we just race all out. Uh, it's usually during a 5K that he can beat me, which is very frustrating. He has more leg speed. Um, but we've run a couple half marathons together, and I've sort of dropped him <laughs> accidentally. Romance. Uh, yes. So, so I would sweet. say that for as uh, slowly as my training has built up for this, his might be even slower. Um, so we'll see. TBD on running together. So when does he run? Together. So if you take the morning shift, does he then run in the evenings? Uh, this morning, actually, we both got up and did it. I was very uh, impressed with our juggling act. So what do you do with uh, the kids? They stay home alone because they're old enough? Yeah, <laughs> they're fine. They're three and eight months. They can totally take care of themselves. No, he went before I did, and then he got back, and I went. But usually, um, he he works from home um, most days of the week. So when he runs, he'll try to do it in the afternoon at some point when he's home, and then on weekends. Does any part of you want to get back? I don't know why. I always like ask people about like, oh, do you want to run another marathon? Like, I don't know why we put so much glory into the marathon. I no, know, it's funny, right? Like, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a wonderful achievement. I've loved training for and running marathons. It's great. But I'm like, oh, you have a half, but let's talk about full marathons as if that's like the only thing that matters. It's but totally it's not. like what we were all doing for such a long time, right? right? So, that was what you trained for. Yeah. So do you have any desire to go run 318 number four? 
Uh, yes. Yes and no. Um, I hope I don't run another 318, but if I did actually right now, I'd be super happy because that's way faster than I can run. Um, I do actually want to get back into marathoning. I don't really know when, but I have this like secret goal that, so my first Boston and first and only Boston that I've been able to do, uh, was 2009. So I would love, love, love to run Boston in 2019, 10 years later. Uh, so it just means either this fall, which I'm not sure I can commit to, or like spring, I'd have to somehow qualify, which is a lot seeing as I haven't run a marathon in almost four years now, four years. No, actually over four years. Um, but yeah, so no, but that's perfect. Yes. They say you have to forget the pain of the marathon before you can run another one. Right. So that's what I thought. Yeah. You've forgotten it. And like, which is harder, a marathon or like being pregnant and having kids? I'd say being pregnant and having kids. Yeah, see? Because it's like way longer than three, four, five hours. (laughs) Yeah, so you're still training. It's just like different. It's a different training plan. Um, All right, so hopefully another marathon. What about blogging? Do you plan to revive healthontherun.net? Because (laughs) .com was taken, and I just love the name so much. I had to have it. (laughs) I I honestly have thought about it. I stopped blogging um, when we were moving from Vermont, and I – you know, lost the baby and just didn't feel like talking about it anymore. And then just life got really crazy with two kids. Um, so I thought about, I have thought about reviving it and then realized the other day that I don't think I own healthontherun.net anymore. I think I wasn't paying attention and uh, it didn't renew. So yeah. I don't know. That's sad. I am at healthontherun.wordpress.com. <laughs> All right, people. Uh, so yeah. if you want to read Lauren's <laughs> throwback posts that's where you can find her people can find you on instagram at lc on the run highly recommend the last thing i want to ask you about before we get into our rapid fire questions is you are a vegetarian yes and you just tell me a little bit about that and have you always been a vegetarian and and why have you chosen that lifestyle oh sure so i have been a vegetarian for most of my life now um again everything goes back to my parents uh, i suppose (laughs) But my mom had been doing a lot of research, didn't really eat a lot of meat anyway, um, uh, and just didn't really like, this is again, like back in, I guess, the ni- late 90s, and there were a lot of hormones in meat. It wasn't same standards as you can find today, and was basically like, I'm not eating it anymore. You guys are welcome to, but I'm not cooking it. Uh, so I just stopped eating it at home, and then gradually started believing uh, more in that lifestyle and feeling as though it was healthier for me to not eat it at all. Um, so I, I was 12, I guess at the time. So it's been more than half my life now that I haven't eaten meat. I do eat eggs and cheese. I would like to ideally ethically maybe give up cheese. I just have had a hard time because I love it Yeah, so much. (laughs) Well, I would love to give up meat and eggs. I just, ever since we got a dog, yeah, I have so wanted to go vegan just because I'm like, I've never been so aware of the fact that animals have feelings and emotions and Mm -hmm. that they are just so special and amazing. And I would love to not do that. And I'm pretty sure when we talked last week, I was like, yeah, I totally want to go vegan. And then the next thing I did was I like posted on Instagram a picture of me like (laughs) eating meatballs or a steak from Outback Steakhouse. And you sent me a message and you were like, so veganism is going well then. I was like, (laughs) 
yeah. So, um, I mean, I cut out in cheese. Your heart, in your heart, you want to. Yeah. The cheese I can do without, the butter, the milk, because I do almond milk anyway. Uh, that is no big deal for me. But I admire you for the cheese. As you know, I consume way too much of it. Well, it's only because it was making me so sick. Yeah. I, I started doing this when I was in a Crohn's flare. If I had just like cut it out right now when I'm feeling pretty healthy, it would be much harder. But I'm able to look back whether or not the cheese was actually making me sick. I don't know. But I happened to be so sick at the time. And then I got rid of it. And then I did start feeling better, which is probably more because of the medicine. But that makes it whenever I'm craving it, I'm like, nope, think about how horrible you felt. And I don't that makes me not even want it. So but that's great. You're committed to it. So I mean, not great that you were sick, but. Yeah, no, that's great too. You know, it's the circle of life. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. all right, you ready to dive into some rapid fire questions? Absolutely. Let's go. So we call this the sprint to the finish round. If you remember from your racing days, Mm -hmm. at the end of a race, there's a finish line. It's time to sprint to it. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Great. What would your last meal on earth be? My mom's eggplant parmesan. So good. And one of her pies. Favorite Mm -hmm. movie? So I don't have one. And I know that sounds so dumb, right? But I don't have a memory for movies. Mm. It's a weird, I again, like this probably sounds really stupid. But why I say that is because Evan loves movies so much. They're his favorite thing ever. And he gets so excited to talk to me about his favorite movies and show me a movie. And so he'll tell me all about this like great new movie I need to see. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Sounds great. And then halfway through, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. And here's what the twist is at the end. And he gets so mad at me. So (laughs) mad. But, yeah, so I was thinking about, I don't know. I know. I actually, I prefer TV shows to movies. I can't stay awake for movies. I have a favorite TV show. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, Sure, yeah. I'd say Breaking Bad is probably my all-time favorite. I knew you were going to say that. I know. I I loved it. I love Better Call Saul now, even though it's such a slow burn. Oh, you watch it? I don't watch it. Oh, oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, What is your greatest fear? Uh, Something something will happen to one of my kids. Oh, that's sad. I don't want to talk about that. No, I don't mean to to be sad. Um, Or being on your podcast. Maybe that. <laughs> yeah, Lauren was another guest that I had to like bully into doing this. I was like, listen, I haven't talked to you in like three years. This is the best way for us to catch up. I'm going to record our conversation. Yeah. Great. I, I'll admit, I was, I had to speak to a class of like 60 freshmen yesterday. Again, it's their last week of classes. They're, I'm the only thing standing between them in summer. I was more nervous for this than what? that. What? <laughs> but it's been pretty easy. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. No pressure. What is your favorite race you've ever done? Oh, um, I would say the Green Mountain Relay in Vermont. I don't think it exists any longer um, because this was a relay before Ragnar was really a thing. Um, But it was the first relay I ran. And every, every run, every leg of the relay was so beautiful. Oh, I love that. It's Vermont and I love it. Then what is your favorite place you've ever run? Hmm, the whole state of Vermont. (laughs) Or I'd say uh, maybe St. Martin. On our honeymoon, Ooh. really hard to run around there, but yeah, it was really, really beautiful. And every run is beautiful when you have like a nice new little ring on your finger. It's kind of like, oh. That's right, yeah, yeah. That was like, we got, en- horrible, but- <laughs> we got engaged in Hawaii and I remember like, oh yeah, I'm looking at my Garmin on my wrist. No, I was like staring at my hand the whole time, like a true narcissist. How would you, this is, I've added some new questions to the mix. How would you describe yourself in three words? Perpetual mover. That's, that's one two. word, right? That's Mom. two. No, that's one word. 
Okay, I'm a mom and I'm a runner. There you uh, go. These are really lame. You have They're to not, edit that out. I'm not going to edit that out. What is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Check the baby monitor to make sure the baby's still sleeping. And what is the last thing you do before you close your eyes at night? Check the baby monitor <laughs> to make sure the baby's sleeping. Where's your happy place? Probably Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Were you talking about a physical place? Yeah. it's Or anywhere, anywhere in the mountains. I love being in the mountains. Where is somewhere that you're dying to travel? Um, Mediterranean. You're hosting a dinner party. I gave you a heads up about this question. Yes, you did. You did. You're hosting a dinner party. You get to have five guests. Who are they? So I know this is hard for everyone, but it's really hard for me because on the one hand, I think of all these influential people. I know everyone says Michelle Obama. I'd love to meet Michelle Obama. But I know myself and I think I would just sit there like so awkward and just look at everybody and smile weirdly and they talk to me and I just laugh. So if I'm being really honest and cheesy, I would say my mom and dad and my three sisters because we're never all in the same. Oh my gosh. Ever. I thought you were going to say your mom, dad, your husband and your two kids. No, no, (laughs) no. My kids aren't there. I love them so much, but... You're not really great dinner company right now. All right. Fair enough. Well, I would love to have dinner with them. They they would be at my dinner party. You know what? You know who I would have? It would be um, me, Michelle Obama, and your dinner rejects. I'll have Evan. Hey, I never said rejects. <laughs> well, I'll take them at my dinner party. Okay. Okay, deal. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, JTT. Yeah, man. I feel like... I need to mix that question up. It's always the same, but I mean, if you're interviewing people all in the same age group, yeah, which I am. It's n- we've not had a super diverse um, age ranges. I need to like bring my parents on the show or something. There you go. Who's your favorite runner? I love Meb. I know that's probably like the standard answer, but he's just such a nice, nice person. And then I also really love Desi. I was pulling for her on Monday. She just has such a great work ethic. I think she's kind of understated. But did you see her splits? Yes. She ran perfectly even splits, like, to the second. Yeah, I can't, like, she, that's why I'm just, I'm always pulling from her for her, right? Because she's so efficient. She's such a good runner, but she just hasn't. I wanted to break that tape. I know. Or, yeah, even top three would have been. Yes. But Jordan S.A., it was great to have her in there. That was cool. Um, Solo run or run with friends? Lately, I'd say solo run. I, I do miss, I haven't really run with friends in a long time. And lastly, what do you listen to when you run? Are you a music, no music? The Alley on the Run show. Oh, my God. I, you know what? <laughs> on my last episode, I was like, I need to not make that the last question because it so sounds like I'm trying to end it with like, and what do you listen to? No, like, no but I do. I listen, I've been listening to more podcasts lately on my runs. Um, and But if it's a workout, then I'm, I have to listen to something upbeat. Anything yeah. with a tempo or anything with lyrics that speak to me. What's your like fist pumping running song? Probably anything by, this is, again, so silly, but anything by Mumford & Sons because I just love them oh, so much. All right. Yeah, I know. Not really running music. Or um, now I can't even remember the, the name of the artist, but there's a song called um, That Girl. And is it by called, Shaggy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's That Girl, This Girl. I, I, I love the beat of it. Okay, um, so That Girl by that. Shaggy. It is Not timeless. Shaggy. Not Shaggy, but. Perfect. Look. You did it. You're at the finish. Yay! You survived! I made it! You survived the Alley on the Run show race. I love the Alley you, on the Run show. You warmed up. You did it. It was, mm-hmm. I would say this was probably like a cross-country race, would you say? Because it's kind of long. 
kind of long. There were some hills. There were some valleys. <laughs> we made it. But you did it, and I so appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. It was good to see you. I know. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much to Lauren for being my wonderful guest today. And thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, and for supporting the Alley on the Run show. I'm having so much fun podcasting. I'm loving these conversations, and I'm loving growing this community. In order to keep growing the community, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show. It is the best way to help people find the show and to make this party even bigger. And the bigger the party, the more fun it is, right? says the girl who like leaves parties early to go to bed at 10 p.m. But thank you so much for tuning in. If you're on the run, enjoy these last few miles, minutes, seconds, whatever you've got left. And as always, thanks for joining me on the run. 